All right. It is a new edition of Sounding Off on Soccer. This is John Krasinski. I have a crew with me tonight, Pittsburgh Soccer Now crew of past and present. Uh, and and I say past is welcome back to um, the well, I know you've been contributing in other areas with within the Pittsburgh Sports Now family, but welcome back to Pittsburgh Soccer Now uh, circles. Uh, Matt Geica. Matt, it's great to have you here. Yeah, it's been a while. And uh, like you said, I'm still the editor of Pittsburgh Golf now from afar up here in Michigan. And yeah, still contributing to uh, Pittsburgh Sports Live with my Penguins post games from time to time. But it is good to get back to the, the roots here on Pittsburgh Soccer now. Thanks for having me. And uh, I don't know if I properly introduced myself. This is John Krasinski, obviously managing editor of Pittsburgh Soccer Now and uh, host of Sounding Off on Soccer here. And with me also um, on our screen to my left is Jordan Smith. Jordan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, it's I'm in the presence of, of Matt Geico once again. Uh, it feels great. <laughs> and last but not least, uh, Rabbi Mark, Mark Goodman, uh, Great to have you here. It not only is it USL uh, season, uh, preseason camps have begun, but of course, we know how much you love MLS and you are really involved with MLS. Um, it is that the domestic United States soccer is kicking off uh, in full full force this <clears throat> week, isn't it? It is. And we also had Camp Cupcake this week for those who like to celebrate Camp Cupcake, uh, a.k.a. January camp uh, hosted by former Colorado Rapids manager Anthony Hudson, who everyone can that I know will equally agree should absolutely not be the full time U.S. men's national team coach uh, for this upcoming cycle. So uh, based on his experience driving the Rapids into the absolute uh, seller of the league. Well, oh, my goodness. So that's another column <laughs> column that I've put aside. And I think we all will have I mean. Definitely maybe an addition or two coming up of sounding off on soccer. We have plenty to sound off on when it comes to the United States men's national soccer team. But that's not why we're gotten, we've gotten together today. Preseason is underway for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. They will be embarking on uh, their, I cannot believe I'm saying this, the 11th season in Highmark Stadium. They have already played 10 seasons as a franchise in their, you know, Prior to that long, much desired uh, home facility, um, and so I think this is a, a very unique group here, and we're going to do have a very uh, unique, fun, hopefully real fun uh, exercise, if you will. We are going to do a very a draft. I don't know what we want to call it. The spectacular, the Highmark era spectacular draft, or whatever we want to call it, the super duper draft. Um, but we're going to have a draft. We're going to we're going to each draft a starting eleven of from the ten years now ten plus years roster of uh, from the Pittsburgh Riverhounds players uh, that played in Highmark Stadium. So we are going to try to who's let's see who comes up with the best team, and then and then we can sort of put that out there publicly and see what people think who has the best team, that sort of thing. But we'll have a little bit of fun with this. So that means between the four of us, we have to pick 44 players. So 44 out of a little more than a couple, about 120 or so players, I think that have been rostered for the Riverhound. So this should be interesting, a fun group, uh, fun exercise, if you will. So we did draw names out of a hat, uh, sort of, and we have an order for the draft. And the, the order is as follows. Um, our special guest, Matt Geica, you get the first draft pick. 
Woohoo! Second is Mark. Woohoo! And Jordan, you're third, and I bring up the rear. Uh, John Krasinski here. I will pick fourth, and so we will go a sne snake draft. So when we get to my, when I get to my first pick, then I'll go start the second round, and so on and so forth. Um, so that's it. We're just going to go all out. We're going to, we're going to, as we go along the way, we can talk about uh, some of the players that we, we, some of the memories we have over those 10 years and talk about some of the great experiences, uh, the fun, the good times, the bad, the boring, the, you know, the bad teams, um, the good teams, all that good stuff. So, um, without further ado, the first pick, who's the number one overall selection in this Interesting draft. Matt Geica, the voice of the Riverhounds for a number of years. You get to uh, kind of start this one off. I think it's a pretty easy pick. Uh, he was uh, just in the news a couple of weeks ago for re-signing with the Hounds, but he's been there for every year of the Bob Lilly era, which continues on into a sixth season now from 2018 to 2023. He's uh, the midfielder that we all know and love. He's Canardo Forbes. So um, it's got to go through the middle, guys, uh, one way or another. And I'm going to build from the middle out. So that's my first overall pick. And I don't feel like it should be that terribly controversial either. <laughs> I think I agree with you. I, I don't think it's controversial at all. What do you what do you think, Matt? I mean, Mark? No, I think that that. Well, uh, uh, so I was going to go a different direction with my pick. Um, but now you've kind of forced my hand to go uh, top talent because I want to get this guy before he's off the board. But yes, Kenny Canardo Forbes has made more of a contribution to the team um he is an excellent player uh he you know came out of nowhere uh just a like a, a phenom pulled by bob lilly out of major indoor soccer um you know incredible kind of like indoor type skills can put a ball you know through a a, a window from 200 yards away the guy's fantastic so i don't think that anyone would argue with kenny forbes except my pick at the second slot is pretty close in terms of like could have been the first pick um huge fan favorite uh beloved by the team mostly played in the midfields but also uh up at forward uh mostly wide at the right incredible delivery skills um and he's here he's there he's everywhere, everywhere. on the moon uh kevin kerr kevin kerr so with the second pick i take kevin kerr who I would probably put in the kind of midfield on the right because um, I think that's always been his best position. Yeah, excellent pick. And I think that's kind of, I thought, where we would go one, two. Uh, I just wanted to back up real quick. You know, I talk about uh, Canardo Forbes, too. Um, you know, just think about this. 155 appearances with the Riverhounds. So that means this year, if he gets into that upper territory, he can catch – Kevin Kerr, who's up there as well, uh, and 17 goals. But think about this, 44 assists um, in all competitions with the Riverhounds, 55, I think, overall in his USL championship career. So I just want to throw those stats in um, real quick. Um, Jordan Smith, you have the third pick. I think this is a I, – I mean, there's a lot of ways we can go here. Jordan, what are you, what are you thinking? There is a lot of ways. Obviously, the, the two guys they just picked, I – I kind of had written down, but uh, I'm going to go with Rob Vincent, a player that made his way to the MLS. So I uh, got to go with him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to ignore the fact that uh, an amazing story really, because he came out of Charleston um, 
University of Charleston Division II school. I mean, he came from England. He came out of, you know, uh, Everton program. And, uh, you know, Robbie then didn't really even start much the beginning of the first year. Uh, he was with the Riverhounds in 2013. By the time 2014, they started to come together and he started to play a lot with Kevin Kerr and, and, and Danny Earls. And there was a lot of chemistry. But that season he had in 2015, I think, is is of legend. And Matt, you were there for for a lot of it. And that was a lot of fun. Lot of yeah, <laughs> I, I have a fondness for that uh, 2015 team. It was so entertaining. A lot of talent. And obviously, Vincent right at the, the head of that list, for sure. All right. So, Rob Vincent, I, and I'm like sitting here like, all right, now I really have a difficult job because those, you know, obviously those three were probably at the top of my list. And so now we're looking at the fourth overall pick. Uh, everyone's in, in the midfield has been taken, you know, a lot of the top three midfielders. Um, this is tough. I honestly, there's a lot of ways we can go here. I, I will say there's not too many river hounds in the past 10 years who have received significant recognition within the league. And I think I'm going to go with a guy who it's hard to believe. I'm not going to go attacking. I'm going to go and look at a defender. Um, and it, the, the only Riverhound who's ever been named the defensive player of the year by any league. And that's Joe Greenspan. I think in three seasons with the Riverhounds, um, he had, you know, he established himself as, I, I think it was tough to come up with one player, um, you know, maybe beyond Joe that stood out defensively. I mean, there's a lot of good players, but Joe being defensive player of the year and I just team that finished at the top of the table, something the Hounds ne never done at the USL championship. Um, and he was a big part of that team. So I, I guess I, that's what I'll say. Joe Greenspan was my first pick. And yeah, so to add on to that, too, if you don't mind, I, th I feel like that 2019 team, well, it's easy to say it was the best team in franchise history uh, by a lot of measures. But I don't think it's any coincidence that they had the the big man in the uh, in the back line that year to uh, mm. really be the anchor. I, I feel like since then, the Hounds have tr uh, struggled to find you're not going to find a replacement for a guy like that who played as well as he did that year. But um, they have not been able to get to that same level of defending, even with as good as they are as a team and how much uh, Lily demands that they are committed to uh, defending as a team. They just haven't reached that same level they were in 19 when they can really shut you down. Um, at, basically at any moment of the game, they could just shut it off. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Greenspan was um, the catalyst there for that. I, I also, and I'm, I'm curious, Jordan and Mark, your thoughts, but the other, as we wrap up the first round, one common theme and I was looking at this and uh, just to let people know, I am working for uh, on creating a post or a piece for Pittsburgh soccer. Now that will, will have my 11, basically my um, high mark era, all time 11. But one of the interesting things that I, I kept looking at players who had really great um, seasons for the Riverhounds or had great couple seasons. And then they went somewhere else. There are some exceptions, but many, especially in the Bob Lilly era, seemed like they maximized their performances while they were Riverhounds. And then they went elsewhere and just whatever, even sometimes life got in the way and they didn't even, you know, they weren't even 
playing mm -hmm. a couple of years within a year or two after, which is also common at this level. But just just I just find that interesting, Mark, don't, don't you? Yeah, I was nodding. Uh, I, you know, you if you wanted to simplify it and and extrapolate out of it, you could assume it's like a system thing where the player is maximized by the people around him and the coaching system that he works in. I think Kenny Forbes is a great example of that. I don't think Kenny Forbes would be playing in USL Championship under any other coach other than Bob Willie because nobody else would have picked him out. Um, I think Joe Greenspan is a great example of that also because his height was so important to Bob Lilly. Um, even though his, and he, he, he was a good open field tackler, but then to your point, when he went on to San Diego, he had kind of one semi-effective season and then he disappeared off the map and Joe's been very quiet. I think he's basically a bench player in USL West at, uh, at this point. Right. But, um, you, you, you know, he's, whether he, he persists in having much of a USL career after this, it's, you know, his best years were with Bob. Yeah. Um, all right. So I get this next pick. So we'll, let's start to move through this draft here. Um, so I, I get so let's I'm going to go back to the top of the attack. And this is going to be a, a really tough choice when I decide on my 11 and who my forward's going to be. I guess I'll give you my rationale now. Um, I think you can go. There's three, three true forwards. Well, actually, there's a ton of true forwards, but there are three true forwards who have created in terms of scoring goals and you know in terms of how many games how many goals their impact that sort of thing but the one guy i think that just beats the other couple out by a hair and i'm gonna go with nico brett as my target forward um here because i, I just his 67 appearances and 32 goals former robert morris standout in his two years plus in the play i mean no one's going to top his playoff performance, <laughs> but you got it. I mean, that matters, right? Four goals in a playoff yeah. game. So that also elevates him past maybe the others, um, even though it was a blowout and whatnot. But um, I, I, that counts to me. So Nico Brett is my uh, second pick and is would be my target forward on my starting 11 uh, for the Riverhounds uh, all-decade team. All right, so we're – Unless anybody want to share anything about Nico real quick. 13 goals in 2019. Uh, you know, Rob Vincent had 18 goals in 2015, uh, both exceptional finishers. And and I think, uh, you know, the question with Nico, I remember the year after in 2020 about re-signing had to do mostly with Bob. I remember asking him uh, this at the beginning of 2020. And Bob actually said something that was a bit surprising because he he, he was – damning by faint praise right and he basically said nico had a lot of goals from the penalty spot uh we think we can replace that okay and i don't know that he did and i don't know that i don't know that anybody at striker for the hounds has been as effective they're really trying for that but they haven't been so far and there's there's that is to say i don't disagree with bob but i i think nico was a really strong player he was effective in the air he was pretty good on the dribble and he was a good poacher in front of goal. And he really kind of filled all those, uh, the spots. There aren't too many other strikers for the hounds in, in my time following the team who've been kind of a, a, a triple threat that way. Yeah. Great work rate. I would say um, that's what stood out to me about him was that uh, he was pretty 
um, full gear all the time and uh, always shifted into fifth gear out there. And that's a, a big reason why uh, he succeeded. Maybe a big reason why Lily thought they could replace him because there wasn't necessarily many artful goals that he scored, but uh, he left no doubt on the ones that he did put in. And um, I'm biased. I was working at Robert Morris uh, for a while there and he went to Robert Morris and he was gracious enough to um, be part of a, uh, a video package I put together um, on him and what he had done uh, at RMU and then into the future. So, um, but there's no disputing. He just, he deserved to be in the top two rounds here. Hi, <laughs> right, Jordan. Now from our past Robert Morris employee to present <laughs> and also <laughs> someone who uh, is up next. Um, there, you have the, the wraparound, the second pick of the second round. Yeah. I would just say on, on bread real quick that, um, I agree with Mark that, you know, they, they've been kind of trying to replace that. And Ciceroni was probably the best forward who's done that uh, replacing. But then, of course, you know, he's gone now. So um, now they're going to have to replace him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we still have Deco up top. But anyways, moving on, um, like you, John, I'm going to go with a target forward. Uh, I, I'm going to have to pick Corey Herzog. He, he had an unreal year. I can't think of what year exactly it was. 16 oh. and 17. Yeah. He had a couple good years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's also one of the few Riverhounds players to make the uh, all USL first or second team. I know Kenny has, but I believe Corey did. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Corey Herzog to get my forward group going. Well, I think that's a great pick. And he was one of the, you know, it the, the, the difference between him Nico and one other person I won't reveal yet um, <laughs> because I might take take them um, is is so so fine and so close and statistically and what they could do up top and all those different things different things they bring to the table um, but just want to quickly say sixty two appearances and uh, twenty eight goals uh, to the former New York Red Bull former Penn State standout who's still trying to trudge away and. He's out there. He's in the free agent market. Some of these guys we're talking about today <laughs> might be in a free agent market, haven't signed yet. So um, other back. interesting uh, notes that the Hounds are saying that they have some signees uh, still to announce uh, this week. So or at some point in the next week or so. But Corey Herzog, it hurts so good. Uh, I'm sure that's a <laughs> that's a call that uh, Matt like said a few different times. Um, are you sure? Yeah, I, 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 I like ever said that, John. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't call many games in 16 and 17, though. Because oh, that's, that's right. Back down to the uh, headquarters for the play-by-play, -play, which they're still doing now, blah. Wow. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I don't appreciate Corey as much um, just because of that. I wasn't on the call for a lot of his goals, but he continues to produce. Um, he's been in the USL for a while here, and I, mm -hmm. I am impressed by his professionalism. I'll say that. Absolutely. All right. And again, I think when I looked at his like and he scored a lot of goals and he's up there, but his two years, at the Riverhounds are were his most productive couple of years again. Um, all right. So we are back to uh, Mark. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Mark. Great. Um, so I'm going to be honest, uh, because I've only been following the Riverhounds in earnest for five years uh, and also because at certain positions, it's a little thin in both my memory and in what I think the quality is. There's going to be a point at which I think like maybe in round four, round five, people are just going to hear my picks and be like, what the hell is he talking about? That makes no <laughs> sense. And I'm just going to be picking guys who I know and like, 
And I'm not necessarily going to pick the best player on the board so much as I'm going to pick the player that um, I think I, I, you know, either I want on my team or I want to talk about. This is a little bit that guy, which is pretty weird because I'm only in round two. But this is a player that I want. I want on my team and I don't want any of you. I don't want the rest of you to have him um, (laughs) because he's probably going to go down in history as the most famous Pittsburgh River Hound of all time. And that is Zach Steffen, right? We're Uh, talking about a goalkeeper who played briefly for the team on loan for uh, Columbus Crew um, back in 2016. I think he played nine games for the team before being recalled on loan. And then, of course, he got sold, sold off to the English Premier League. Um, and will be and and played, you know, as the starting goalkeeper for the U.S. men's national team um, in qualifiers up to this year in Qatar. So that is basically the highest of heights that I think as far as anyone uh, could argue any Pittsburgh Riverhound player has ever achieved um, short of actually playing in a World Cup final. Um, you know, that is a pretty remarkable achievement. The, the, the challenge of that is I don't think to be honest, Zach Steffen could be remembered as the best goalkeeper the Riverhounds ever had. Right. Uh, I think there that's a been, good, good point to make like the separation. Right. Yeah. Right. There have been other goalkeepers who have done more. And so if you're making the argument, uh, soccer rabbi, you should be picking the best player in the best season for the Riverhounds. I concede I am not doing that. But um, this is a fun exercise, and uh, I am going to keep – I, I want to draft I, Zach Steffen, if only so I can get to meet Zach Steffen. I read – this is the point. That's the whole point of this this exercise. Now, like I said, I'm going to come up with my – I know I'm going to come up with my 11 that, that, you know, that for that exercise in terms of determining who I think are the best Riverhounds players during the past 10 years, um, most impactful, if, you know, that sort of thing. But, yeah, no, I think that's – that's a great pick. I mean, it's it's. I don't think any one single player gives the Riverhounds more publicity than Zach Steffen. I mean, it's mentioned in oftentimes when he's playing in international or his club team. Uh, whenever he's out on the pitch and the announcers are talking about him. All right, so let's go to Matt. You uh, have the wraparound from the second to the third round. Yeah, and John, I think you were alluding to him earlier when you said the player who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> as of right then, I'm going to go with uh, Jose Angulo, 2013 season. Uh, golden boot winner in the USL Pro, as it was then known. He scored 13 times in 22 games, and uh, he and Matt Dahlman were a, a dynamic duo, to borrow a phrase, but I'm sure we'll hear his name a little bit later. I'm going to take my first forward and pair him with Kenny Forbes. I, I feel like I like that <laughs> attacking combination. Forbes. Damn, and yeah, that's a good one. All right. So, Matt, right back to you on the top of the third round. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'll have some I'll let you make your pick and then I'll talk a little bit about I know I have some things to say about Jose, but go ahead. OK, um, well, I'm kind of I'm torn here. Is Bob Lilly the coach of this all star team that I'm putting together? Because well, I think we can all take we can all pick a coach because there were four different coaches. Oh, yeah. Well, I wonder who's going to be the first pick there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm asking that because goalkeeping doesn't really matter as much with Lily teams because they don't see a lot of work. <laughs> so um, I'm debating how heavily I want to weight that and uh, how far I want to go with that. But um, boy, I feel like I want to go. 
little more recent, but you know what? I'm I'm gonna go with some speed on the wing. I'm gonna go with Tyler Pasher. Tyler Pasher, wow. Yeah. Another guy who made it to the next level. And um I always liked his potential. I thought he was maybe misused here in Pittsburgh or underutilized. And um maybe his results elsewhere prove that to be at least somewhat true, but I'm going to add a different dynamic here. I'm going to uh, put some quicks on this team that I'm putting together, Tyler Pasher. Uh, he was explosive. I will say that year he was in Pittsburgh, he was like 18 or 19 years old. Yeah. And he had come off being with Toronto FC organization, um, the Baby Reds and TFC2 and their academy. And then the Stein sound signed him out of nowhere, which was an it was an interesting uh experiment to have him with that team and i know there were times and in, in my book for miracle on the Mon, i mean mark stefan definitely it was one of those things he had this extremely talented player but he used to get frustrated with too at times and yeah i um, remember that it was well. it was tough it was a, it was it was interesting it was just to watch him grow up before our own eyes um but and he became a great player not only that he came really came back to hurt haunt the hounds a few times and his uh, when he played with especially Indy 11. Mm. Yeah, that game winner, the one game, mm-hmm. and like the final minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so that takes us to back to Mark. Mark, uh, who do you got for your third pick? So um, I have Can't a problem. This. Yeah, so my my biggest problem is uh, all but one striker is off the board that I have that I think is are like the top echelon strikers. Uh, but I think this guy will still be here next round. And that being said, I only have one left back that I think is like of quality that is worthy of note. And so I've got to pick him before anybody else does. Otherwise, I'll have no left sided defender against right footed players. And that's as we all know, as tacticians on fantasy uh, 11 teams in USL championship, that is the most important thing, defending right footed defender, right? Right footed attackers. Um, With that, I'm going to pick 2020 Ryan James. Um, Ryan James is probably one of the better left backs I've ever seen in USL. Um, he was really capable of all the things you want to do. You want a left back to do. He could get forward in the attack. He could cut in and be dangerous. Um, he was very good on the pass. He could swing in a ball, uh, from a corner. He could get back uh, on defense. I really, really liked Ryan James. I, I actually thought that he had real MLS, uh, level potential, um, but I guess I think his, I think he was probably a step slower than your average left back in major league soccer. And also, um, as we've seen the level in MLS has gone up really, really high. And so therefore it's, it's kind of a bigger jump from one to the other, but, um, I, I am really, uh, I always thought that Ryan James, even if he weren't a left back, he would be on kind of an all time best 11, um, as a river hound, just a very talented player. Um, and when he left the river hounds, I don't think they ever really fully adequately filled in at left back, uh, at the same level. Yeah. Good pick. I think that's a great pick. Uh, and I think it's a great point about, I, again, I'm doing this exercise and looking over the last 10 years, looking for left backs, and back outside backs who who really either a sustained themselves as had long careers as river you know even as you know it fulfilled a two-year contract i mean it's not there's few and far between whether it's left backs right backs and i can i'll go we can as we get into this i can talk about we can bring up some guys and but and there's some good players but i just don't think 
the Riverhounds, I don't know if that's a USL thing at the second division thing, because it's, it's like a, a left-handed pitcher in baseball. Like, I don't know, like, is, is this why the hounds go through um, haven't really, I mean, I think Ryan James and maybe one other guy, uh, two other guys that at the outside back position played for a long time uh, or, you know, had good careers in USL um, at those positions. But anyway, let's go to number three, Jordan, uh, third pick of the third round, I believe. Yeah. Um, it's starting to get tough for me, but um, we got a way to go. Yeah, we do. Um, to me, I want I want someone who controls the ball from box to box. Um, and there's some recency bias on this, but I'm gonna have to pick Danny Griffin because he played literally every minute of every season. <laughs> he never came out. Um, he worked super hard and just. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't get to pick Kenny because the, the two of them have great chemistry. But, um, yeah, I, I got to go with a CDM. I got to go with the guy who's like Busquets for me. So, well, I gotta... we got Danny Griffin. 80, this is interesting. Three seasons with the Riverhounds, 82 appearances. He scored five goals, had three assists. But think about this, an astounding 7,861 minutes played. And <laughs> one of those seasons was cut short because of COVID. So, yeah, I mean, his his impact in those three years was pretty substantial and he was just a mainstay in the middle. For sure. Yeah, I think um, uh, however many games you said, 82, I don't think there's been another Riverhound player to play that that many minutes across that many games. If in I that a short period, yeah. really, three, really two and a half, almost half seasons because of the 2020 season being cut short. Right. Um, all right, so that puts me in for two picks, and I my head is spinning because it's like Mark said something and got me thinking about another player, and <laughs> and Jordan just got me thinking about, um, I I I there's a lot of ways we can go here. Uh, so I'm going to go into midfield. I'm going to go with Robbie Mertz. Uh, I think you got to go with the Pittsburgh kid, and you know you brought brought up Griffin Mertz. I think that's a a, a pairing of. Uh, two guys that I think have come along under working, uh, playing closely with Canardo Forbes and have, have really turned into great players. And Robbie stepped away from the Riverhounds for a year and a half and came back and he's even more mature and more confident um, and had some good seat, a good season and a half in Atlanta as well. Atlanta United too. Um, Robbie Mertz, 64 appearances, 12, 13, talk about consistency, 13 goals, 13 assists, kind of, could be could sit back and be a holding mid, but he's also has the ability to be on the attack, play wide, play central, um, even push up forward and be a uh, maybe a second forward uh, if they need him to be. So and and I think he's going to be a mainstay with this franchise now. I think he's, you know, I think that's a guy that they're going to build around um, and and work. Yeah, probably be here for a few at least a few more years. Um, so Robbie Martz is my first pick uh my la uh, for my pick in the third round and then in the um in my fourth round pick i'm gonna jump back to mark's tyler pasher and i just feel like i wanted to counterpoint that only in one respect that there really was only one other left back who uh, i think that fits the bill what you were talking about that rare guy that could just defend any really good attacking player on the right side 
uh, and and has actually had a significant uh, good MLS career. And that's Taylor Washington, only one year in Pittsburgh in 2017, and it was not a great team. And I feel like people forget about that year he had in Pittsburgh. Uh, and obviously he was drafted by the Union, came to Pittsburgh after his stint with the Union and uh, Bethlehem Steel. And then the next year went to Nashville and has been with Nashville ever since. And I think he's just he, obviously not getting big minutes in MLS, but in his time in Pittsburgh and talk about speed. I mean, there is nobody faster uh, on that side that I've seen in the, the 10 years uh, in Highmark Stadium uh, can just lock people down. And I think he was very, very under the radar uh, in terms of Pittsburgh soccer fans' eyes. But I think Taylor Washington, um, there's a reason why he's still playing in the MLS and because he has some of those intangible skills that you don't see a lot of in the USL championship. So that's my, my um, fourth round pick. Uh, and not only that, I mean, this guy, Taylor Washington, was probably one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet. Um, and I'm not saying that. I mean, he he went out and did so much stuff in the community, even for one year he was here. Um, he spent a lot of hours, I can test to this myself, um, on his own volunteering at places like Children's Hospital. And uh, just I just wish we had Taylor Washington here for more time. He was just in a, a just an incredibly um you know, genuinely nice guy who did a lot for the, does a lot for the community wherever he lives. And so anyway, it was just my little spiel on Taylor Washington, uh, but he can play, he can play the game. And on the left side, he, 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 he could bring it. So, all right. So those are my two picks. We're in the fourth round. We are now uh, looking at back to you, Jordan. Uh, who do you have uh, on your squad? Um, fourth pick. It's another tough pick. Uh, I'm going to go with another recency bias pick um, because Mark already picked a goalie. Um, honestly, I didn't watch the, the team too much uh, in the beginning years of Highmark. I did the first year because my dad and I had season tickets, but um, I got to go with a goalkeeper I know, which is Danny VDL. Mm. Um, I'm going to have to pick him because I, I always thought he was solid. The, couple years I watched him at Highmark I never really felt like he made huge mistakes and that you could ever really blame a loss on him the only Riverhounds Golden Glove winner I yeah believe. although I Kyle Morton right. came close right he came he was like point like huh. it was such a like a percentage point he just came up short I think they lost 2-1 to Red Bulls the last game of the regular season or second to last game, something like that in 2019. And it cost Morton the uh, the glove. Maybe it was 2018. It was one of those first level years. But anyway, yeah. Videlo. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, Jordan. I, I feel like if you're talking about body of work as a hound, you'd be hard-pressed to top what Videlo did in the Highmark era here. Two seasons. And then last year, what a fantastic season with Sacramento. Not yeah. only does... Do they, I mean, they had a good year playoff team, but in the Open Cup made it all the way to the final. And Vidiello in one of the hmm. questions, the things that I was looking at, who elevates um, in my eyes in the Riverhounds history in goal, in goal, like who came up big in penalty kick shootouts when they haven't had that many opportunities. He did that in the U.S. Open Cup for Sacramento, and he had some PK saves when he was with the with the Hounds. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just a, I just – think the world of the guy i think he's a great player too 
Yeah, Vidiello was actually my top pick at goalkeeper, but I wanted to go with Stefan. I, I mean, I think Vidiello in his year was better than Stefan was in his year, but I still pick Stefan anyways. All right, so that takes us to uh, we're at the fourth round, and I guess back to you, Mark. Sorry. No, you're all good. Um, here's my next pick where I have no choice because if I don't pick this, then I'm just going to sound like an idiot because I don't know any really good players at this position. But I'm going back to goal, to striker. Um, and the last striker I've got on my board who's who's worth picking from this era is 20 is uh, uh, let's see. Did I, it, I wrote down 2010, but that's wrong. It's 20. Yeah, it's 2015 and 2016. Uh, Libogang Moloto of uh, mm-hmm. South Africa. Um, uh, Moloto had six goals and seven assists in his first year with the Riverhounds in 2015 at the age of 24. Um, and he is a graduate of Lindsey Wilson College, um, which has won more NAIA championships than almost any team. Uh, and he was found uh, at United FC in South African uh in the south african football league uh uh before he came to the river hounds so how he wound up with the hounds i don't know but uh oh, just a wild story and he was one of those guys when i started covering the river hounds in my in my first year who i previewed an opposing team and john edited my my work by adding and you did this all that first season that first year that i lived here 2018 2019 by adding you know, former Riverhound to the end of almost every player I mentioned. So I would like pick out a player on the Louisville team or pick out a player on Indy or pick out a player, you know, for, for, um, for Bethlehem. And then John would just go former Riverhound. And I'd be like, who didn't play for the Riverhounds? What are we like the, uh, the transfer station of, of USL, you must play for us before you're allowed to go on and play anywhere else. That, that happens when you're a team that actually, you know, persists, longer than almost any other team in usl it doesn't fold or get yeah. promoted to mls so we've just we've had every player because you're you're going to come <laughs> through us eventually anyways lebo moloto uh matt what are you what are your thoughts on lebo i know you and i got yeah. to know him pretty well yeah i, I, know I thought I lebo was a delightful guy uh, i'm not sure he was a striker though he was he was more of an attacking mid wasn't he john mm-hmm. when he was here absolutely uh, yeah. Four, two, three, one. <laughs> And he was a man in the middle, like, and he's a fresh, he was a rookie young player and he had Robbie on his right. He had Kevin on his left or Kevin on his right, Robbie on his left. I don't even know who they put up top. I mean, Vinny Dantas and whoever else they put up top, Miro Cabrillo and whoever yeah, they sometimes. had up top. Yeah. It didn't matter. You had Lebo and Robbie and Kevin. And that was a tremendous tremendous trio trio yeah. attacking trio well i'm gonna play him up front because i have no choice because i don't oh, know totally, anybody else who yeah. can play and score goals so he can he can handle it for sure he's got technical skill um like few who have come through pittsburgh and um like many guys i was disappointed when he left to uh, to go elsewhere um and he's he's bounced around a bit but it does seem like he pops up every now and again with a spectacular play he had a couple of highlight reel goals and assists in the two seasons he had in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, Lebo, disappointed I didn't pick him. I'm upset I didn't pick Robbie Mertz. I think I overthought my uh, third-round pick. But, Robbie, if you're listening, I apologize. Happy to have you back in Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, Matt, uh, we're going we're gonna to jump right to you now because I think yeah. you have the last pick of the fourth round and then the first and the fifth. I do. And um, I want to go – oh, boy. I already have a – 
pretty decent forward. I already have a, a midfielder. I want to go with uh, Jordan Dover on the on the back line. I I feel like he's as uh, solid as they come. If uh, Pasher's going to make some runs, then uh, Dover's going to help out on the back end when uh, the ball comes the other way again. He's uh, he was always so reliable in in Pittsburgh and got a chance to play some international soccer as well and um, just fit in perfectly with whatever they were doing. And he and Ryan James, in fact, uh, had the flanks covered very well for a couple of the really good Riverhounds teams that we've seen at Highmark Stadium. So he's my pick to end round four. No doubt. And I think, you know, he's right at the top of the list of outside backs that have contributed um, 92 appearances, five goals, three, um, three assists. Uh but he, he was kind of versatile too. He could he could do some things getting forward and um but if they needed somebody to just lock down people in the back and he was definitely a, a staple on the, the defensive side as well. Um good good pick. Um so that's your f- first pick, uh your fourth round pick. So now you have the first pick of the fifth round. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've got some uh flash in the midfield with Canardo Forbes. I'm gonna add some steel and some muscle here. Uh, with the mad Irishman, Danny Earls, we're going to throw him. Got it. Uh, yeah. Irishman. What am I saying? Yeah. Danny would, I did not hear that. You did not (laughs) hear that. Danny. How dare I say that? Yes, absolutely. Irish Danny Earls. And, um, he, what, he came back after a a stint away from the team. I know he and Mark Steffen didn't get along. And so he left at the start of 2016, which probably contributed to the, the team's poor start in 2016. And then the eventual firing of Mark Steffen and the return of Danny Earls. And uh, if you ever check him out on social media, he's a really good artist. He does uh comic book style uh, renderings and, and all sorts of really interesting stuff. If you like graphic novels, that's really, it seems like what he's into, but um, on the field, wasn't so artistic. Was he Johnny? He was more of a, oh. a basher and uh, no. he was the captain a couple of games as, as well and uh, picked up a few red cards. So I think he adds an element to the team that we need. <laughs> And and one of the few uh, Riverhounds who have won an MLS Cup, uh, oh, and, yeah. and for Mark's beloved the uh, Rapids, that's right. And um, a, the uh, interesting career. Uh, it, it's interesting too because when you go back and you see players like Danny Earls and Rob Vincent and Kevin Kerr, and you, you, the statistics, the numbers are different than the players now. And you know, Danny played for I believe four seasons in Pittsburgh, but he had eighty. 76 appearances and we would talk about um three seasons and danny griffin's had over 80 appearances so pretty crazy um the -hmm. amount of games that they're playing now versus back then um but yeah good point about danny earls uh so 2014 he came in and that chemistry with robin uh robbie and uh but they didn't know where to put him he was playing left back uh Mm -hmm. where he had played in mls for uh, for spells as well he played left back that 2014 season but then when he came 2015 mark steffen's like no this is the guy i want that's just going to clean up everything and, and, and on top of the, the back line and just be a holding mid and i believe he ended up with 12 assists in his career you know four goals and 12 assists of course two of those goals came in the miracle in the mind game uh so he <laughs> he scored when some of the most unbelievable goals uh four only four but they were all seemed like highlight real goals or some kind of crazy goal like uh getting the uh penalty kick miss and putting that back and stuff like that so all right so we are still fifth round so we're going to try to keep moving um danny earls it was matt's first pick now we're at um mark your second pick your pick in the fifth round 
Oh, I'm so glad. Um, well, I have a lot of choices here, and they're mostly sentimental as opposed to functional. But I will pick the the I, what I think is the best player left on the board uh, in terms of raw talent, and that is the cheetah, Christian Francois, um, who can come in at you could play him at striker, although he misses a lot, so that's not ideal. Um, but he does. <laughs> He does take a lot of shots and he does put a tremendous amount of pressure on the back line. So you can force the opponent to react. And I think that that has always been the greatest thing about Francois is that he is uh, just a handful to deal with and you can't leave him alone. He's just going to terrorize you with that ridiculous out of sight pace that he's got. So I'm really happy to add him to my ball club. All right, I think he's just signed this past week with the R, the Rio Grande Toros. So mm-hmm. another stop for for Cristiano. He's been uh, he's he's definitely taken the USL train around the country. Um, so Jordan, you are up for your fifth round pick. Well, the rabbi stole my next pick. <laughs> so, uh-huh. um, I'm gonna stay with up top. Um, some of that could maybe play left wing, left mid when needed. But Russell Cicerone, uh, to me, his work rate was second to none. Um, he scored some flashy goals. Uh, he scored some penalty kicks when you needed him to. Uh, he was good in the air, extremely physical. He would get beat up out there and he'd keep going. So I'm going to pick Cicerone. And as uh, Pop Chalk would say, Cicerone got his pepperoni. Whatever, whatever his line was. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Good one, Matt. Like that. Uh, it's a sixty-six like goal, uh, sixty-six appearances, thirty goals for Russell Cicerone. And again, I don't Under- classify him as a true target forward. I think he was more like the underneath guy. Like, and so when I was trying to pick the all-time decade, all-decade team, I kind of felt like he fit in more with kind of in that Kevin Kerr even Robbie Vincent, um, you know, some other guys in that kind of that wide or attacking midfielder kind of underneath the front line attacker working, really working his tail off. And I think that's really what he did so well here in Pittsburgh. So great pick, Russell Cicerone. Uh, And so now we are at my fifth and sixth round picks. Um, So I'm looking at my roster right now and I've got a defender, I've got a forward, I've got a midfielder and I've got an outside back. So we're going to have to do some reinforcements here in the midfield. Um, <laughs> and honestly, uh, or add some, some depth to the midfield. Uh, but I want to go, we want to talk about talent and I couldn't take the guy that scored the first goal all in Highmark stadium history. But what I will do is I will take the guy who had the assist and that's none other than Matt Dahlman. And what an incredible combination, Matt Dahlman, and Jose Angulo. And fun story, I don't know if you know this, it's definitely in my book, Kevin Kerr talks about this, is how Kevin Kerr came to Pittsburgh was because of Matt Dahlman. And Matt Dahlman was playing in Germany, and he played with Kevin Kerr for a year in Germany, uh, and they became friends. Dahlman came back here first and said, hey, I just got picked up by the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. This would be a great place for you to come. 2013 he so towards the end of the 2012 season and Kerr came for a, a look I think around January 2013 and the rest is history um, signed on and so that's an interesting tidbit but Dahlman incredible 12 assist season 
uh, was the USL champion, uh, well, I guess USL pro at the time, um, assist mm -hmm. leader as, uh, and I, I think of those 12 assists, I think 11 of them went to Jose Angulo goals. Um, and Angulo won the golden boat that golden boot that year. Um, I also thought Dahlman, you know, it was later in his career and he played one more year in 2015. Uh, that team, it was kind of tough for him to get a spot. He, he got hurt during that season. The next, and then later in the year though, they needed somebody to play left back, even though he was more of a, a left midfielder. And I thought he he made the difference down the stretch in some games and really contributed um, in a big way. So, uh, not, again, not long career in Pittsburgh, but three seasons, uh, actually three and a half seasons if you count the 2012. Um, so Matt Dahlman, um, a, you know, a pretty good contributor. Uh, I know, Matt, you saw him play a little bit. What are your thoughts on Matt Dahlman? Yeah, I did. Um, accurate, for sure, serving those balls in. Um, I saw him in 2014 when I was writing for um, – was I writing for you a little bit, John? I can't remember who I was writing for covering the Riverhounds. Not me yet. No. I in my own site. I think it was City of Champions yeah. at that time. Um, yeah, I think so. But at any rate, I saw a good amount of the 2014 season before I took over play-by-play -play in 15, and I was I was impressed. And like you said, I think just it was the injury, and that so often happens in this sport and in others. You – you fall out of line. Uh, I guess your best ability ability is availability in, in a lot of cases. And his body failed him at a certain point. But when he was healthy, uh, there were a few better in the league as far as um, getting crosses in and getting them where he was intending them to go. I think he we talk about Messi being making the most of being a small player. He I don't think I don't think he was maybe five five. He was a small guy. Yeah, that sounds um, right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I have another pick. And so I just picked Matt Dahlman as my kind of my left sided winger. Uh, I've got Taylor Washington and Matt, Matt Dahlman. I don't I got the left side <laughs> locked down. Um, so now I got to look at the right side and see what I can do here. Uh, I got to look at the midfield. I got to look at some other positions. So um, this is definitely middle of the round uh, area where we're going to need help. But I'm going to go. I'm going to look. I want to lock up my defense, I think. And I think I want to go with Thomas Vanky Azil. Uh, and it was a, had a, again, another one of those players who in his time in Pittsburgh it was twice was all USL was once a second team in 2019 and 2020. He was first team all use USL, I believe, uh, at least from what I could see here. And, you know, 78 appearances, five goals, uh, his first game straight out of college, the hounds had to play in Nashville in the first game ever in Nashville in front of a crowd, about 25,000 and Bob Lilly starts this rookie uh, out of the university of Charleston, another Again. the Hounds university Old of Charleston Eagles. connection. <laughs> and just, and he was, you can tell there was some nerves in that first game, but man, did he just really contribute to that team and to the 2019 and 2020 teams in a big way. His minutes played were as again, for three year stretch right up there with Danny Griffin and appearances and just a steady force in the middle. And it was a guy who came to the hounds as a midfielder, uh, but ended up sitting between the two center, the bigger center backs and being, making all the good decisions. And uh, he's just a unique player. Wasn't he Mark for the river hounds? 
I like Tommy a lot. I thought uh, he was great. And and I actually think, you know, you could call him whatever you want. He kind of uh, played forward of the defensive line and kind of the old school sweeper type role where he was just scooping up balls between midfield and 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 the back line. Um, you could also sometimes look at him as playing like a defensive midfielder. He was just a very mobile, active defender. He was a lot of fun. Uh, he also did a, the lion's share of distribu- distribution out of the back. And I remember when he uh, got transferred, I was like, I don't think any coach is going to use him right. I think only Bob Lilly understood how to use him. And I think I was right. I, I think he also went to San Diego Loyal, if I'm not mistaken. And I watched a couple games with him. And he either didn't start or if he started, he was playing in a much more boring, traditional back four center back role where he wasn't responsible. He wasn't given the same ability to roam. And his he, once again, a player who had his best years with the Riverhounds. Yeah. And then he was in Birmingham. That didn't really work out. He went to Tampa Bay last year. So we'll see. We'll it'll be interesting to see where if and where he ends up this year. He's still out there as well. Yeah, it says he was released by Tampa. So, yep, he's a free agent. All right. So we are now um, at Jordan, back to you uh, in round six. So we're a little more than halfway there. We still have uh, – Let's let, maybe let's just try to make it a little bit more of a rapid fire if we can. Jordan, sixth round. Yeah, I'm going to go – I need to work on my defense. So I'm going to pick uh, the first captain at Highmark in history is Rich Costanza. Yeah. We'll go with him at right back. <laughs> Great pick. Uh, was the assistant coach with Pitt for a number of years and now is the head coach at Bob Lilly's alma mater, George Mason. <laughs> yep. He's a and Thomas Jefferson. Right? I believe a Thomas Jefferson um, alum. Yeah. yeah. He scored over 100 goals for TJ. Okay. And played at the University of Virginia where he won a national championship. All right. We are round six. Uh, we are now at Mark. Yeah. We're. Um, we're basically into players that I like uh, and may not actually have been the best when they were at the River Hounds. Uh, and also I'm running out of names on my list. And at this point, I've got to pick a couple guys before they come off the board. So this one's a funny one and it has mostly a uh, a, a double connection for me as a Rapids guy. Uh, one is he is a current Colorado Rapid uh, and a former Columbus crew player. And two, a couple years ago, um, uh, one of the Riverhound staff came up to me one day and said, hey, we were cleaning up and throwing stuff away uh, and going through our, our junk. And I found something that I thought you might like and nobody else here would appreciate. Um, <laughs> and that was a Lala Sabubakar Riverhounds jersey. So I only have one Riverhounds jersey and it's a Lala Sabubakar <laughs> Riverhounds jersey. So with my pick of, I think, what's the sixth round, John? I'm going to yep. take La- Lala Sabubakar, who's currently with the Colorado Rapids and has been great. I've also interviewed him with the Rapids. He's a lovely, lovely guy. Um, I got to ask him about his favorite music, his favorite food. Um, you know, he on the back line with Columbus, he played with three, in, he, including him. There were three or maybe even four Ghanaian players on the team. So they all talked about, you know, Jollof rice and, and all the other and, and, and vegetable and, and chicken mafe, which are some of these classic West African dishes. So a great, a really great guy. He also, if you ever watch him in major league soccer, exceedingly distinctive haircut. Uh, I once described it as a man running around on a soccer field with something that looked like a dead swan on top of his head. <laughs> so, and I, and I say that affectionately and with respect coming from a guy who's more or less bald to a guy who can rock, 
an amazing haircut uh, on a soccer field. So six pick, uh, Lalas Abubakar. All right. That's great. That's great. And he was a, a flash, just like Zach Steppen, the Columbus crew loan. But it was tough to get chemistry with those guys and those teams at the Riverhounds. And that was one of the reasons why at 16 and the two seasons, the 2014 and the 2016-17 um, uh, affiliation seasons where Columbus crew in 16-17 and Di- Houston Dynamo in 14 were just it just never seemed like guys were on the same page but lots of talent um all right so that takes us to jordan no back to matt right mm-hmm. yeah matt all right i'm uh, going back up front duba steven dos santos comes aboard team geica here um, <laughs> talk about a guy who could draw you a foul and draw you a penalty <laughs> uh there might not have been anyone better i've ever seen <laughs> at least not uh, in person at Highmark Stadium, maybe uh, worldwide soccer. He's got the, that skill down, but I think it minimizes his ability um, to um, to pull balls down, to be a hold-up guy, uh, and uh, pretty good passer. Uh, I just um, mm-hmm. I feel like he brings a lot to it, and um, maybe not the best pure finisher in the world, but um, I wouldn't put him in the category of a Brett, for instance, but He's right up there at 14 goals in a couple of seasons with the Hounds. 2020 season was like a, a half season. So called a season and a half. And he's still doing it with Tampa Bay. So um, I know he was released after the last season, but still appears to be a, a productive player. So Dos Santos, I'll add him to Angulo up front. And uh, then I want to go to the back line. And Toby Adewale, who I thought played a pretty good sidekick to Joe Greenspan the Twin Towers for a while. Uh, not quite as tall, not quite as good as Joe Greenspan, but um, I still think he's uh, of quality to uh, to put him on my all-Highmark Stadium team. So Dos Santos and then Adewale as we start, what, round uh, seven here? Seth, six and seven. And yeah, Adewale, uh, 72 or 74 appearances, four goals. And he started in 2017, but came in halfway through that year because the Hounds let him finish his college education at Mark's alma mater, TW. Remember that? That's so great. Well done. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I asked Toby about it once, and he was like, "Oh yeah, really? You went to GW? That's great." And that was it. He was. <laughs> we, we didn't talk about the food in the dorms. We didn't talk about uh old memories from our fraternity days. We just, it's just oh yeah, it's nice. <laughs> well, uh, but Toby, you know, I, I, you're right. I think he was right up there with with Joe Greenspan and Tommy B. Uh, that. That was a good defensive um, grouping uh, as well. And also just Steven Dos Santos. I mean, his consistency, I was looking this up because I was trying to figure out, like, you know, where does he fit in Hound's lore? Did he have a drop? This is a guy that never had a drop off. His seasons are almost the same statistically. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe like eight or nine goals. And, you know, it just, it's just super consistent across the board. His production with Tampa in those two years are almost exactly the same as his production in Pittsburgh. Um, he was just a steady, steady guy that just knew how to, you know, play with his back to goal and uh, can redistribute. He was okay with finishing at this level. I don't think it it was something that could get him to the next level. I think Mark used to point that out quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. Can't, can't, can't add too much to it. Well said. Right. Uh, all right. So we are Matt's two picks were made. So back to you, Mark. 
well, let's see. Um, well, I'm going to go with a strange, well, maybe it's not that strange. I, I think he's a good player. Um, I don't think he got as many minutes as he ever should have. And I think Bob Lilly generally thought um, that he was best at defensive midfield, except when he thought he was best as a right back, except when he thought that he was best as a center midfielder, except, except when he thought he should play as a right midfielder. So I don't think he ever settled in, but I always thought that that was kind of wasted on him because he was a really solid player. He also got injured a few times, and that is Mohamed Dabo. Uh, 2018. I thought mm-hmm. Dabo was a fantastic player. I really liked him. He was a very above average defensive midfielder in Major League so- in uh, United in USL soccer, which is really important. And uh, I always uh, uh, was impressed by him. Um, I was a little bit surprised he didn't have a longer career with the Riverhounds because I kind of think he did everything we needed him to do. Um, I think if we had kept him for another year or two, it would have really benefited the team's stability. But say la vie. Yeah, I agree. I think he complimented Canardo. I think if the, those two is a kind of central midfielders where he could just stay back and do the dirty work and Canardo could freelance a little bit more. I thought that was a good combination. Um, and he, when he was in that role, but Bob also liked to use him in, in the uh, kind of the attacking midfield role when you need to uh, high press for some mm-hmm. reason, Bob would rather have, someone like that who wasn't going to score a lot of goals and, and really be someone who's going to be a creative playmaker, but just be somebody that's just that incredible work ethic who could, who could just, you know, take away passes and just, just be really good at at pressing and, and making life miserable for people trying to teams that are trying to play the ball out of the back, especially at Highmark stadium. Um, so Mo Dabo, I agree, was, would have been a good longer term fit in Pittsburgh uh, for sure. All right. So we are in round seven. Uh, Mark just made your pick and we are now at Jordan. Jordan, you are your round seven pick. Uh, I'm going to go with another player who was on the on the team uh, back when um, the uh, first season in Highmark. Uh, someone who played a couple years before that as well is uh, Sterling Flunder. Uh, very pick. good outside back. I remember watching him play at, at Chargers Valley High School. Um, always thought he was good. And uh, I remember he was one of the guys that uh, helped train me when I when I did Riverhounds training. He was always a cool guy. So I'm going to go with Sterling Flunder. I, you know what, Jordan, I think that's a great pick. And he's one of the few guys at the top of the list of my the outside backs. When you, I honestly feel like he – and Jordan Dover were very, very similar players, mm-hmm. very similar players, Definitely. just steady right backs that, you know, you could just count on. Um, I think he played from 2010 until 2015 uh, with that in yeah. uh, and, and 123 appearances. He scored a couple goals, but it was just a steady, steady presence. Uh, and I think he got hurt in that 2015 season. So we didn't see him as much that year, um, but definitely a guy on the right side you could rely on. All right, so, so no mention that, of him being from my alma mater. Come on, I'm sorry. <laughs> no mention of Sterling Flunder being from my alma mater. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's a more he's a thundering herd. That's right. Yes, the uh, the now mighty thundering herd. When I was there, we weren't very mighty, but uh, now we're doing some things, <laughs> including winning a national championship. Yeah, absolutely. What a great soccer program uh, they've become for sure. Yeah. All right, so my round seven pick is going to be. I have to dip into the well here a little bit. Um, but I haven't taken a goalkeeper. And so I think maybe it's time for me to, to choose a goalkeeper. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to 
do the longevity pick because I, I think that we, some guys you just you could just rely on and be there. And from what I saw him play when he was a younger player, he was tremendous. And I think you know a different era. Maybe he he gets a little bit more of a MLS look. Um, but uh, Hunter Gilstrap, uh, Pittsburgh uh, was the goalkeeper for the Hounds from 2010 until 2014. When they opened up Highmark Stadium, he was pretty much the man um, between the pipes. Uh, and then after the 2014 season, what was interesting was he chose to go back. He was from North Carolina, so he chose to go back home to North Carolina for the, the one season that would have been fantastic to have him here in the 2015 team that was just so high scoring and fun to watch. He was in North Carolina playing for the Railhawks and then came back the following year and finished up his Hounds career in 2016 and 17. And 17, he was more or less assistant coach, but then they that roster they had they had so many goalkeeping issues that year, had so many goalkeeping injuries in 2017. He never actually I don't think he he actually played in a game in 17, but he was he was available as the backup uh, a number of games when he was the, the assistant coach. So uh, from the along, not only just longevity, but it was outstanding. He uh, player and uh, received numerous league honors uh, in his earlier years. And that is Hunter Gilstrap, um, who's also spent many years as the Hounds that really started up the Hounds goalkeeping Academy. And I, I he's my guy uh, in goal, uh, Hunter Gilstrap. All right, so that takes me to the eighth round. Uh, and I, any anybody else have any Hunter Gilstrap comments, real quick? I know Mark's like, I don't know that guy. <laughs> I met him when he was a coach. Okay. Um, all right, so eighth round eight. Um, that takes us. We're getting to the bottom of the barrel. I will agree. Um, so I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're in trouble. I don't, I don't know, know, man. We have, we need to, I think I need a, another midfielder uh, in in here. And I'm I might go with let's see here. Ah, you know what? I got a good one. I got a good one. I can't believe he's still out there. Is uh this past couple of years, 64 appearances, 13 goals, 16 assists. And mm-hmm. honestly, right up until July of last year, I think he was one of had one of the most productive runs for an over 30 player I've ever seen at this level and that's alex dixon um there was a drop off towards the end of this past year but i think he's regardless is going to go down the 2021 season that he had uh connecting with russell cicerone and i think might have my opinion was the team's mvp in 2021 and that's alex dixon um you know you go way back he started out in mls with houston and he had a really good career and he played for bob um in rochester and you know so i I just it's a guy that you can't ignore and love to have him up top or um, on the flank. So Alex Dixon is my eighth pick. All right. So we are now in the eighth round and we're coming back circling to you, Jordan. Good pick, John. That was my next pick once again, because uh, <laughs> uh, I need another midfielder. Uh, I'm going to go defense again, and I'm going to go someone again. who was there for the first season at Highmark. I'm going to go with Andrew Marshall. Uh, current assistant coach for Duquesne, and uh, he coached at uh, Quaker Valley as well. He's the head coach there for a bit, I believe. Um, but I remember he would be the captain when Costanza was out. I think he had an injury at some point. Marshall stepped in as the captain, but uh, 
pretty good center back, good leader from my memory when I was 15 years old <laughs> going to games. Yeah, excellent player. And 44 appearances, three goals. Uh, he was on a US all USL second team in 2013. Um, and had some he had some clutch goal. He only had a few goals here and there, but I remember one of them was real clutch late goal in the July 4th game. Um, the first July 4th game of 2013. So why I remember that, I don't know. <laughs> all right. So we are at round eight. Uh we're circling back to Mark now. All right. Well, I think we're all a little bit reticent and wary of picking a more recent player. There's a lot more street cred. I just took Alex a... Dixon. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Well, that's fair. That's fair. But but I, I want to say that, like, overwhelmingly, you get more street cred by claiming a player from the 2013 team than saying, like, <laughs> I watched the guy last year and he seemed really good. Uh-huh. But that's what I'm going to go. Um, in the five years I've been here, I think that one of the best center backs of this team has had uh, is former Pitt center back Arturo Ordonez, and he's been fantastic. He was fantastic for yeah. Pitt. Uh, he was fantastic uh, last year for the team. He was the only one of the three or four center backs who got into the regular rotation. I really felt generally played kind of a flawless game. Uh, I was really impressed with the way he played good at clearing balls, good at, uh, you know, defending in the open field, um, pretty good at distribution out of the back really like Arturo. I think um, he could have a really good, long, successful career in USL unless he wants to go back to his native Spain at some point and play maybe in the second division um, if he gets a shot at that. I did notice, oh, speaking of second or lower division playing in Europe, Toby Ottawale did sign for a German team in like the fourth tier. So that's was his last stop. I just wanted to point that out. Wow. Fourth tier in Germany, second tier in America. I don't know, you know, where. Right. <laughs> yeah. But good for him. If, um, all right. So we are now at Matt for your two picks in the eighth and the ninth round. All right. Uh, I'm going to go pretty recent, too. A guy who's still on the squad, Albert Dequa, 16 mm-hmm. goals and now uh, parts of three seasons. I need some speed up top to go with uh, the big guys in Angulo and Dos Santos. So uh, stylistic choice, but I've always uh, liked uh, Dequa's work ethic, and uh, he runs hot and cold. I think he's run hot and cold in popular size as well. Uh, it seems like certain times he's um, either uh, right there in the starting 11 or first off the bench. Other times he's not, but um, overall a, a productive player, and I'm happy to add him to the, the forward group. And uh, then I'll go back to midfield, and I'll also pick uh, another Fairly recent River Hound. We're going to add some shiftiness and some creativity with Anthony Velarde. He had 10 goals for the Hounds, and I always thought he was capable of more. Um, maybe he thought so as well and uh, didn't get a lot of great opportunities to really um, get a stretch of, of starts. But um, I was always a fan of his game, and I thought he was a nice complement to uh, the teams in 2019 and in 2020, especially. So, I'll go Dequa and Velarde, a couple of more recent River Hounds with uh, my eighth and ninth picks. All right. Very good picks. Now we circle back to Mark for your ninth pick. So only three to go, Mark. You can do it. Yeah, we're into silly season now. Uh, I'm down to picking players for novelty value and nothing else whatsoever. Um, And for this, I'm going to have to pull it off of the group chat that we talked about before. I want to pick... What I think might be the only Pittsburgh Riverhound player whose first name starts with X. 
and that is <laughs> Jaleel Asani. Jaleel Asani, who played for the 2019 Riverhounds team, I think he came into one game uh, and played yeah, for like five minutes. Jaleel was hurt most of the year, so not to be not to be offensive or anything like that. Like I'm sure he's a wonderful soccer player, but he was mostly hurt. Um, came out of Macedonia, which I believe when he arrived, uh, right. I did not I did not know was a country. Uh, to be honest, so Jaleel Asani. He's not going to win me any any championships, but he will win me a trivia question now and again. I just all I have to say, and I don't know if anybody here knows of Ryan Adelaide, but that's the pick that I would think you were going to bring out. Mister Obscurity would be. Ryan I'm going to do. I mean, we'll do get remember, to Ryan Adaley you, later. We'll get to Ryan because I met oh, him. Because okay, I met him. But anyway, that's another story for another time. If we okay. have time, I just that was the one I was thinking that you were going to pull out of your hat. But okay. <laughs> All right, Jalil Jalil Asani for me, uh, he he fits in at any position because he didn't play at all, so I can put him <laughs> wherever I want. Oh man, we're trying to have. I'm trying to try, at least try to build a team here. Okay, no, that's fine. <laughs> By the way, if Macedonia I had a dime... no longer a country market is now North Macedonia. So. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, there you have. If it. I had Good a dime for how many of those guys came through here, uh, we could be here all night. <laughs> but. Okay, uh, so Mark, your pick for the ninth round is taken. Jordan, uh, do you have a, a, a Mr. Obscurity as well? or I don't. I actually have someone that I think we all forgot about because uh, <laughs> oh, he just oh. had one year uh, in 2021 with the Riverhound. Six goals and four assists, a free kick master, Tommy Williamson. Tommy oh, Williamson. Yeah. going to go with all him. Right. Well, if you need a free kick, you got Tommy Williamson. Uh, exactly. All right. Quick, real quick. What's who's the best these days? Oh, he's with Loudon now. Okay. Best hounds free kick specialist I've seen in ten years, and that would probably be Robbie. Robbie, I guess. Yeah. Corey Herzog could line it up. I mean, Corey Herzog, honestly, like he just was just an assassin from wherever. I saw some nice ones from Cicerone. I mean, I thought he was, I thought he was pretty, pretty solid. So, but yeah, and and him and and uh, and um, uh, Kenny uh, are both really up there. So, and Rob Vincent, though, in in the run of play, of course, the miracle on the money had the goal too. Uh, it's a dead, a dead ball goal as well. But the, the he was just in the run of play, Matt. You know, I mean, what he could do. It's just he was just too good for the level, John. If you go back and watch some of those highlights, it just it doesn't look fair. Some of those shots that he takes, some of the looks that he gets. So it, it was only fitting that he went on to DC United after that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a note on Forbes as well. When he goes for goal, yes, I don't think there's very many better out there in the league. It just said he doesn't really do it as much, but um, he scored some beauties over the years too. Mm-hmm. All right, let's try to stay on track here. So we're in the ninth round, and I feel like Tommy Williamson was just picked by Jordan. So I have two picks, right? So I have nine and ten, and let's yep. see what I can come up with here. Um, the Hounds just recently signed um, Danny Rovera, and it's hard to ignore a guy that's played now five seasons in Pittsburgh. And his mm-hmm. was called by uh, Mac Rubba, the Hounds PR uh, guy and also a media guy with us for many years, as the Swiss Army Knife. For, the, for Bob Lilly, uh, and that's a huge compliment over the past few years. And to maintain that, not only do that, but be able to keep coming back and be that guy that 
maybe Tom, bless you, that Thomas Van Kiesel maybe could have, like what Mark was talking about earlier. Um, but Tom, Danny Rivera has been that guy. He's just keeps coming back year after year and he's solid and he's dependable and he could play an outside back. He could be an uh, essential midfielder if you need him to be. He could play up get forward and be more of a, a winger. Uh, and so I'll, I'll go with Danny Rivera because he's my Swiss army knife. I could put him anywhere. I got him and Tommy V on my starting 11. I could do a lot of things tactically um, with that. Uh, and then my, my 10th pick. Uh, wow. So I will look down. I should really go with a fun pick too. Um, <laughs> you really should. I think this, a lot of people know where I might go with that, but it's, it's, I mean, when you have a player who's played, you just need a, a couple goals and you need a couple red cards in the same game. Yeah. Uh, I think you want to go with Collins John. <laughs> and, uh, you know, why not? I mean, this guy, is, how many Riverhounds have played in the English Premier League and were among the leading goal scorers in the English Premier League at one point and ended up in Pittsburgh a number of years later maybe in his last, last chance um, after many other chances. Uh, and not only that, but he had his share of red cards when he was here in Pittsburgh too. And didn't even make it past June. I think he was made it to th two and a half months. And in the middle of that two and a half months, he served a, what, a, a three or four game suspension. And <laughs> it was never a dull moment when Collins Johns took the field. Uh, but uh, it was probably one of the most big name players uh, that Riverhounds have ever had. Uh, and he, uh, by Ju by middle of June, he was, he was already gone. Um, and uh, it was, it was fun while it lasted, the, the Collins John experiment. Uh, but sadly that was the part of that 2014 team that, um, you know, was, was having had a terrible season first half of the season it seemed like once once Collins John I'm really not making a good case of myself because Collins, <laughs> <laughs> once he was once he left Pittsburgh they went on a, a 10 game uh winless streak and got back into the race and then fell up fell Indeed. short yeah. but uh hey it, it was interesting while it lasted I'm so, on his Wikipedia page right now. He retired for five years after that uh <laughs> after being let go and then he played one season in the eighth tier of Dutch football, the Derde Klasse, for SC uh, Boyton Boys. <laughs> so he uh, was active as of 2019, and then he called it quits finally. All right. So that's my uh, obscu Mr. Obscure pick. Uh, my 10th pick was Colin Strong. All right. So that brings us to Jordan for your 10th pick. All right, I'm going to go with a four-back just because of the players who are left. Um, even though Lily – well, actually, Lily likes a ten-back, basically. Um, defense <laughs> all game anyways. But um, I'm going to go with Skylar Thomas, who only played for the team during the COVID year. Uh, but I thought he was a solid center back. Um, he was tall. He was big, kind of like how Jelani Peters is, just big in the air, wins headers. Um but, yeah, I remember covering a good amount of those, the COVID year games, and I thought he was always solid, good shutdown defender. 
Okay, so Collins, John, I'm um, for me and in the tenth round, and Skylar Thomas for Jordan. So we are in the tenth round. We are going to Mark. Nice. I feel like I loaded up on defenders, and that's fine. That's just how it's going to be. I'm I'm playing Lily Ball too. A lot of guys at the back, <laughs> and that's fine. And I got a lot of big guys at the back, and I'm going to add one more. Uh, this player had a decent year, 1800 minutes the year he played for the river hounds. But I think his reputation as a player is, um, being kind of a, a well-known USL guy, um, and being also, a a a fighter for, um, justice, a leader amongst his, his players, especially when he played for the Charlotte independence. And that is Hugh Good Roberts. Good pick. I knew you were um, going to do that. Yes. No, you Good didn't. Pick. <laughs> Maybe you did. Um, but yeah, but Hughes, I mean, I think, you know, when you're going to 10th guys, you, you know, you start to think about like, you know, who who would you actually want in the locker room with you? Um, and Hugh was really involved in the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, especially with a team like Charlotte, who um, had a lot of problems uh, with their ownership and, and their their management um, and the relationship that they had. Um, he is still in the league. And he's also that's the other thing I was going to say is um Wow, uh, uh, FB Ref says that he's played eighteen thousand minutes, and he's played every single minute of his career in USL, which is, I mean, that's really remarkable. I, I have to imagine that if we look statistically up at, at players, there are not too many other players who have that many minutes in USL. Um, five, five total seasons, I think, in USL. Um, and last year he played for Monterey Bay. I still think he's with Monterey Bay this coming year. So, um, uh, it's a good restaurant. More power to him. <laughs> it's Great a city pick. and a team, Jordan. But anyways, yeah. So uh, that's I, my that's my tenth pick. I think it was he was an important addition to the Lily's first team in Pittsburgh. I thought that Bob was trying to build a, a winning culture, and you know, I think having Hugh Roberts came to Pittsburgh as an all USL defender with uh, Richmond and, you know, Richmond, another old OG franchise in the USL. And, but it's just interesting. I thought Hugh just brought a certain level of leadership. And not only that, the next year they didn't quote unquote, didn't need him because, because sort of Joe, Joe Greenspan and Toby Adewale, especially, I think they built a really good camaraderie, um, They've learned so much from just having being teammates with Hugh Roberts. Because remember, when we like, how are you going? What are you going to do? You got you got Toby, you got Joe, you got Hugh, you got all these great players in the back line. How's he, how are you going to make that work? And I mean, they made it work. But um, his leadership uh, qualities, I, I think, are are were awesome. Um, all right, so we are in the the tenth round. Mark just made his pick. And we are circling backward to Matt, right? Is that right? So Matt, yep. you got 10 and your last pick uh, to go. And to make sure everyone has a goalkeeper too. So if you don't, yeah. make sure you get one. Huh. I need one. And um, I'm going to go with Kyle Morton. I brought him up earlier. Mm-hmm. I always liked his ability to keep it calm back there. I thought he did a good job of uh, maintaining focus for maybe the one or two quality chances he was going to face per game. I always thought he was ready for those. And uh, he was a good fit here in Pittsburgh and he's gone on to good success as well. And a heck of a nice guy to talk to uh, from a journalistic and broadcasting standpoint. So bonus points there with an honorable mention to uh, uh, Ryan Thompson. I, I also really enjoyed my conversations with him, the Jamaican keeper. Maybe he'll be taken 
uh, before we're done with this thing. But I'll take Morton. Just um, I'm trying to build a winner here. <laughs> I got to go with them <laughs> in all good conscience. Um, I picked three defenders and three forwards. Um, I have three midfielders out there. I'm going to go with a defensive-minded midfielder to play in front of the back line and uh, someone from earlier in the Highmark Stadium era. Uh, man from Ghana, Stephen Okai, who I think is Good now pick. a house coach, isn't he? I believe. Uh, for the Riverhounds Development Academy, I want to say. Or at least he was for a bit. But Okai I is think my he was pick. coaching Montour, wasn't he, Jordan? Oh, yeah, okay. he was. He was last two last year for sure. And then they, they got a new coach this year. Okay. Yeah. So maybe he's not still around, but uh, has been trying his hand in coaching. He's only 33, so he hung it up pretty early. But he played in 69 games for the Hounds from 15 to 17 after uh, moving around the USL. And uh, so he's my final pick, Stephen Okai, to round out my starting 11. He was around. He was around long, you know, long enough. And uh, even got a look when Bob came in. I think he, he tried to stick around that year, but then didn't make it. But, yeah, mm-hmm. he was around a while. All right, so Stephen Okai is your 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 Mister not irrelevant, but your last pick. Um, so we're going to swing back to Mark for pick number eleven. Man, uh, the cupboard is bare, dude. I just I'm not thrilled with anything that's left on the board. To be honest, um, I guess we'll go with um, a guy that I guess we saw some flashes uh, and. Um, could turn into something good down the road or, you know, is a, is a nice talented player who I really enjoyed talking to. And that is Toby Sims who played on the team last year. <laughs> I like Toby a lot. I thought he was a solid player um, and he deserves the right to be on my team. I'm a little, I'm a little heavy at, at full back and, and uh, wide and, and, and defense, but but that's what I got. I honestly, I feel really bad that my, I think I'm never going to score a goal with the team that I have. I just <laughs> don't have, I, I just don't have a lot of guys who can put the ball in the back of the net. Um, but a lot of guys who can defend. So Toby Sims. You've got Kerr and Maloto. I like that combination at least. Yeah, it's true. And I got, I got Cheetah. So we got a guy who can get real close to goal and then miss. <laughs> Drive uh, Lily crazy if he's your Drive coach. Drive Lily crazy. <laughs> All right. So we are now, it's Jordan and me, and then we're done. Jordan, you got the second to last pick. Okay. Well, I was going to go with Stephen Akai. Yet again, Geica took my pick away. Yes. I think you've all taken picks away from me. Um, but that's what happens when we're picking 44 players. Um, yeah, I, there's some, I'll tell I, you what, because there's only two picks left. There's some interesting river hounds still left from the past 10 years on the board. I, I just, I'm scanning there, through the list here. There certainly is. Uh, that's what I've been doing this whole time sitting here. Um, I'm there's kind one, of there's one out there that I don't know if I'm going to take it, but I, it's kind of hard to ignore. I, probably, I think I know I who thought, you're thinking of. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I probably won't say that. I don't know. Oh, you're good. But if I, I'm kind of, I have my back four. I have my goalie. Um, this isn't the combo I would exactly put out there at the front three, but moving Cicerone, Griffin, Vincent into the, the three center mids, which doesn't make sense. But uh, if I had to pick someone else up top, I'm going to go with Edward Kiza. 
kind of a, a future pick um, who the potential is there. Uh, didn't play too much in the regular season, but then in the playoffs just went off. Um, you know, he had some – it looked like he had some chemistry up there with Dequa, uh, and, you know, he got drafted by the Revolution. So I don't want to make any obscure weird picks. I have one in my mind, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kiza. All right, hold on. All right, so Jordan, you go with Edward Kiza, which you know again we got one Arturo Adonis pick and we got an Edward Kiza pick. I think we're picks of potential uh, and former pick yeah. guys. We've got this pipeline going, with Bob Lilly. I have the final pick, and this is this is tough because I was like thinking about like. You know me. I have. I know there's still about uh, probably a two dozen other guys that I you know think could fit into the pieces. Uh, who makes my team most interesting would be could be uh, one player, um, and I. But I already picked Collins John, so I don't know if I need another <laughs> enigma on my team. But do you guys? <laughs> nobody. Do you know where I'm going? I do. I think. I. I don't. Uh, can I say it? Yeah, I'm go not... ahead. Say it. That's what I was going to say. What's... Romeo Parks? Yeah, that's Romeo what I was Parks. Say. <laughs> yeah. I we had haven't him on mentioned, list, but... we've gone this far into this par- podcast and we haven't mentioned Romeo Parks. And I, I just think, though, in terms of talent and in terms of contributions um, <laughs> and notoriety, uh, probably not the most, um, you know, the notoriety you want, the notoriety you want, excuse me. Uh, but <clears throat> Romeo Parks in his time in Pittsburgh, um, 2016, 17, and 18. Uh, so in 2016, obviously, we know what happened. He, uh, a few, five games into the season, scored five goals. He was on fire. And then everything just fell apart against New York Red Bulls when he lost his mind, basically, and, um, and was not only waved from the Riverhounds for his kicking incident uh, against Carl Met and the New York Red Bulls. Uh, it obviously didn't come back for the rest of that season, but the Hounds were and Tuffy Schallenberger and Dave Brandt. And then even Bob Lilly later were all willing to give him second chances. And he got a second chance in Pittsburgh and he, you know, he didn't, he was part of that 2018 team that made the playoffs and he was, uh, you know, the one of the attacking pieces that Bob Lilly counted on. So, you know, why not? Why not Romeo Park? So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a great pick, John. I was af- honestly afraid to do it. I think only you, the you know captain of the ship, can take that pick. But I just <laughs> want to say, both as a soccer fan, as a human being, and as a rabbi, I can never leave the rabbi j- part completely aside. But, like, none of us should ever be judged on the worst day we ever have. Right. Uh, and I, I think that that's the story of Romeo Parks, which is modern American media are going to vilify him and only remember the Riverhounds and him for that one moment. But it was the probably the worst moment of his life. Definitely the worst moment of Carl Wimette's life. Um, but the fact that the Hounds staff and the league could forgive him afterwards is, speaks a lot. And the fact that he went on to have a productive soccer career afterwards speaks a lot to who he was as a human being. I think we that's all well to said. Someone. <laughs> that's also true. You shouldn't kick people also. Don't do that. You shouldn't, but, but we all want to at some point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think that puts a wrap on things. There was a couple other. I was going to, I was really close between him and Mike Green. And I don't know if anybody remembers oh, Mike yeah. Green was who I was going to. Oh, Mike, Mike Green, Green was my yeah. pick. Yes. Mm -hmm. He was just because of his longevity contributions. Yeah. He was also a Swiss Army knife um, for many, many Played years. Played every position. Played every position except keeper. And, you know, yeah. there's a guy that deserves to be in this conversation today. And I didn't want to have this conversation without including him. Um, I, I'll just never forget. I was in um, Red Bull Stadium when the Hounds lost that game. And they had a 2-1 lead in extra time and ended up losing 4-2. to two. And I was sitting in the press box there. It's it really awesome because you're really right on the fifth, right on the midfield, right on the field, literally. It was tremendous. And you right, the bench was right below me. And everybody left the field. And one guy was sitting there on the bench and would just would not leave the field. And that was Mike Green. Um, and I mean, that guy just poured it, put it out, his heart and soul, game in, game out, um, did whatever was asked. And he found a way to stay um, on this, you know, in professional soccer and did it with a lot of hard work uh, all the way through 2017. So um, just Mike Green is uh, the 12th man. Uh, for all of us, for all of our teams. Yeah, yeah. Nice. he only played Beautiful. for the Hounds. 133 appearances for the Hounds. It only played for them though. No other professional appearances. Wow, that's cool. That's a good. That's a good finishing story for a 45th guy. 145th yeah. guy. All right. So thank you, guys. Oh, hey, John. Uh, speaking of that game in uh, New York, what about the guy who scored two goals in that game, Willie Hunt? Yeah, Willie Hunt was another one. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> on my list. He was on. He's there. He's there. He's hovering. So we we picked 44 players, and okay. so 45, 46, 47. I think that you can go to <laughs> 60 and have some 70. We could have had Rachel. We could have added Pop Chalk oh, on here, um, and things would have been insane. Um, Pop Chalk would have had the crazy picks. Yeah. Even, yeah. Yeah. You had some sure. nickname or something to throw out there. <laughs> yeah. And we love you, Matt. Uh, for sure. But yeah, yeah. We, we would have had some fun, additional fun, but it would have been about a three and a half hour podcast. And we've <laughs> already gone longer than I think we've gone. Uh, but it's fun. Uh, good times. Uh, and Matt, great. Thanks for joining us. Um, any Absolutely. quick parting shots as we uh, the Hounds enter preseason? Well, um, no, I'm no, looking no, forward to uh, to seeing where where this, I guess, franchise evolves now. They have the, the trading center um, at uh, at Montour Junction. So that's a big step forward for the franchise for player recruitment, I think, as well. And um, as far as the, the man on the bench, Bob Lilly, I, I'm curious to see if he continues to evolve, if he he's always been the guy who has uh, a solution for every uh, opposing tactic and, and has so many different ways he can play his roster. I wonder if he settles more on one um, one mode or, or one thing or another this year or if he just continues to roll with what's working, because it is working, but um, I, I do know that the the Hounds are, are looking for more success um, in the regular season and also in the postseason as far as staying at the top and, and making a deep run here. That's all that's missing for this franchise uh, in this era. For sure. Yeah, off Matt was saying, uh, yeah, I mean, you teed it up for me there. Just what what's kind of missing is that deep run. Uh, when you play in a city like Pittsburgh, um, I mean, the, the Riverhounds have done pretty well, I think, of selling tickets for the most part, uh, especially getting through COVID. Uh, I think they've they've done OK. And this upcoming season, I think all the games are at 7 p.m. Lots of them are Saturdays. 
So I think that's that's good for, to get that attendance. And I think there's been a, a great culture built. Um, and but I think when it comes down to to winning those postseason, uh, having a long run, winning big games. I mean, I think Lily's done a great job and he coaches butt off this past uh, postseason just didn't work out for them. They just lost to Louisville once again. But when you look at, in my opinion, I, I criticize a lot of coaches around Pittsburgh sports, and I love Mike Sullivan, but it's been a first-round exit past five years for the Penguins. I love Mike Tomlin, but it's just been not enough playoff wins when they had a top-tier QB, wide receiver, blah, blah, blah. So my point is, is Bob Lilly, I just don't want it to be another five years of losing in, like, the first round or, you know, maybe the second round. There's got to be a deep run at some point, and that's that's probably not all on him for sure. It isn't, but um, you know that's that's what I'd like to see within the next couple of years. Mark, parting shots. Uh, for me, it's pretty simple. You know, I think Bob Lilly and Dan Visser do a great job of assessing guys in uh, the combines and in the trainings that they have leading up. You know, it's easy to assemble and a usl team based on guys you already know um and known known subjects but that means that you're assembling a team of older players the riverhounds have always gotten it done with those players between the age of 20 and 24 um out of combines out of college uh you know if you can pick up a couple of gems there that's going to be the the real difference maker uh and they've done that for years you know albert dequa was kind of a, a, a great scouting sign. Um, Arturo Donez, uh, you know, um, Canardo Forbes, all guys that, you know, if you didn't have a great scouting eye, you wouldn't have picked in the first place. So we're, we're right in the bell jar for that. We're waiting to see who they come up with. We'll know in about three or four weeks. Absolutely. I think you're, that's a good way to finish this pod. And I think that Bob Lilly has said it. He said it a few weeks ago uh, that they are going to be younger this year. He not holding anything back on that. He's so we're going to be, there might be a few more free agent pickups. There might be another veteran or two, but it won't be like the team's last two previous seasons. Um, I think we're going to see Kenny Canardo. Uh, yeah. It'll be like a de facto uh, assistant coach out there on the field. And in his 30s. But other than that, I think we're going to see a young, much younger team. And I think they're going to keep building with players that, um, you know, they, they, they think they can re-sign the following year and have a lot of potential um, in addition to the core that they have. So, yeah, it should be a, an exciting year. Preseason, there's so much more um, to go. We have a lot to cover. Um, there's going to be a lot of um, fun features and things uh, in terms of preparing for the season on Pittsburgh soccer now. So looking forward to that. We have some announcements coming this later in the week. Uh, there's going to be some pretty exciting um, soccer related news coming down the pike, uh, both locally and uh, both relating to Pittsburgh soccer now. And um, that's the teaser. That's what I'll leave. Um, out there um, and uh, looking forward to that news and uh, other than that guys thank you for joining me tonight I know we went long and uh, but appreciate it and I always appreciate your camaraderie when it comes to Pittsburgh soccer yeah we get paid overtime right so that should be super fun that's right cool and late into the night hey the franchise deserves it uh, 10 years at the new stadium well not a new stadium anymore but uh, as you alluded to or someone alluded to during this podcast not, it was actually Mark. Not many teams stick around this long in the USL right. or whatever you want to call the second division. Used to be the third division. Mm -hmm. So 
they're to be applauded for that. And uh, they deserved something like this to look back at at least recent history. All right. Well, thanks again, Matt. Thanks again, Mark and Jordan. Uh, great, great job tonight. Good luck with your teams. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll put them out there on social media. We'll let people judge and see what they think. And uh, we should have a lot of fun with that. All right. So that's been another edition of Sounding Off on Soccer. Thanks, guys, for joining.